they're doers of the word, they shall be blessed in what they do. In Jesus' name, and everyone in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I want to continue this morning in our study on what manner of man was Jesus when he walked this earth, and what man what manner of man or woman we should be as follow as his followers, as Christians. Amen. And you know, so far in this study, we've looked at the fact that Jesus was a man of prayer. And how many know that as Christians, we too should be people of prayer? Every one of us, that should be something that we don't have to wonder about. That's just something that we do, communicate in fellowship with our God. And then last week, we got through talking about, and of course, we'll never get done talking about it, but you understand what I'm saying, where this message is concerned, the authority that Jesus operated in when he walked the earth. And we saw how Jesus restored our authority that man had lost way back in the beginning. But he restored to us that authority so that we can now operate and do things just like Jesus did when he was in the earth. Walking in this earth. Amen? Authority. I cannot express to you enough the importance of understanding the authority of the believer. The authority of you. And me, as believers, glory to God, we have authority to operate in this earth today. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, I'm so excited about where I'm going today. Thank you, Jesus. And we need to know this, my friends. When we step out and exercise our authority, and we, we learn this during that study, what backs us up? All of heaven. The power of God is what backs up the authority. And I am, I, you know, I, I try to imagine myself in the live, in, 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 how do I want to say this? I try to put myself in the book of Acts. I try to put myself in those situations that they're going through. How many know the book of Acts is still being written today? How many know that we're supposed to be doing the works of the Spirit just like they did the works of the Spirit? Amen. But they had a recognition and an understanding of the authority they had in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And thus, we too should be operating and doing what they did. We should be doing what Jesus did. Everybody say amen. Glory to God. Well, I want to continue this morning. I want to start with a new area that Jesus walked in and demonstrated through his earthly ministry. And this one is huge. What I'm referring to is how Jesus walked in and demonstrated the love of God. The love of God. Was Jesus a man of love? Did Jesus show us how we're supposed to operate in the love of God? Friends, every single day, from the time Jesus got up in the morning to the time he laid his head down to go to sleep, Jesus was walking in love. Everything Jesus said, everything Jesus did was based upon the love of God. He was the epitome of God's love in the earth. He was demonstrating to us the Father's love while he was here on this earth. Amen. Now, I know a lot of times people, and I know this used to be my mentality. When you hear the word love, immediately it almost becomes something that's all... um, Sometimes it's kind of hard for me to put this into words. I see it in my mind, but it's hard to put into words. It's almost like the, ooh, it's love. Yeah, love. The love boat. The la, 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 la. Uh, uh, never mind. 
I'm not doing a very good job right now describing this. But I'm trying to say the love that I'm referring to is not the love of natural men and women. It's not the, 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 the world's way of, of what love means. How many know that the way the world looks at love is based upon emotions? Or it's based upon, what have you done for me lately? And if you ain't getting those feelings any longer, I've lost that loving feeling. Oh, that I'm singing today. You notice that, Ron? I know. But that, you know what? That's why the divorce rate's so stinking high. And do you know that the divorce rate is so stinking high in the church today? And you want to know one of the main reasons is because people are operating in a natural love instead of the love of God. Listen to me. People who are walking in the love of God never, did you hear what I'm saying? Never end up in divorce court. And I am not, if you've been through divorce, I am not trying to condemn you or beat you up whatsoever. What I'm trying to let you know is this. If you're operating in the love of God, the Bible tells us very clearly that the love of God never fails. Hello? So if a marriage fails, that shows me that those two were not operating in the love of God. Now, am am I being mean when I say that? No, I'm trying to help people make those corrections in their lives. And, in, and, and the next time, somebody, God brings somebody else into your life, which I'm believing that if you're single, you want somebody in your life. You're believing God for that person to come into your life. That you're going to get somebody who has a godly spouse who loves you with his love. I am so grateful to have a woman like this in my life who loves me like she loves me. Which is very easy. No, it's the other way around. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment, a little bit more. But I want you guys this morning to go with me. And I want to begin to talk, begin to talk with you about the absolute greatest revelation I've ever gotten in my walk with the Lord. Now, I ministered this message Probably uh, over seven years ago here in this church. And I don't know how many of you were here. I know Casey and Cassie were here. Uh, Ron was here. I don't know who else, Karen, you were here. So, but this message never gets old. This message, if you get a hold of it, as you're going to see here in just a moment, will change you big time. Amen. Well, what is this incredible life-changing revelation? God loves me. God loves me. Now, you might think, how does this tie in with what we're talking about? Friends, listen to me. Jesus demonstrated that kind of love when he was here on this earth. He was showing us just how much he loves me. How much he loves you. And again, I know probably everybody in here has had that, heard that said probably hundreds of times. God loves me. But get this. The creator of the universe loves me. Jesus loves me. Holy Spirit loves me. Me. Daniel Greenewald. God loves me. Woo. God loves me. Glory to God, God loves me. 
I don't know if you're getting this or not, but God loves me. I want everybody to say that with me. God loves me. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Close your eyes. Say it again. Say it again. Everybody say, God loves me. Everybody say, Jesus loves me. Everybody say, Holy Spirit loves me. Woo, glory to God. And and, and again, you're probably thinking, some of you, how in the world is this such an incredible, life-changing revelation? I'm glad you asked that question. Friends, when you know that God loves you, You'll lift up your head, throw back your shoulders, and you will go through this life with such confidence and assurance. When you know that God loves you, it'll put a hop in your step and a smile on your face. When you know that God loves you, it doesn't matter how hard things get. It doesn't matter how powerful the storm is that's beating against your house. It doesn't matter how hot those flames are burning up all around you. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at you. You know you're going to come through it. Why? God loves me. God loves me. Whoa, that blesses me. I'm getting happy. God loves me. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I know my God will always be there for me. I know my God will always come through for me. Why? Because he loves me. Oh, hallelujah. I want everybody here this morning leaving with that echoing off the walls of your heart. God loves me. God loves me. Now, for a lot of Christians, they've been deceived into believing that our God is is too busy to be concerned about little old you and me. I mean, he's got the entire universe to deal with, doesn't he? Why would anyone think that he's going to take time from his very busy schedule to deal with our unimportant problems and insignificant lives? But friends, hear me now. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Our Heavenly Father's love for us is so vast and so incredible that He inspired the Apostle Paul to pray in Ephesians chapter 3 that we would be rooted and grounded in love and that we would be able to grasp how wide And how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And that we would really come to know Christ, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge. Friends, that's the kind of love that God has for each one of us in this room. A love so wide, so long, so high, so deep that it goes beyond human comprehension. In fact, listen to the Passion Translation of those verses. I believe I've got that. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing With the fullness of God. Oh, glory to God. I could dismiss you right now and say we had church. That is so powerful. 
His love for us is so overwhelming and so abundant that trying to get a true understanding of it can only happen by revelation of the Spirit of God. His love for us is so incomparable to any love we've ever experienced from any other human being, whether it's your parents, a sibling, a spouse, or a close friend. Friends, the love of God is far greater, far greater than any amount of love a natural man or woman could love one another with. Think about it. Humanly love is based upon feelings or that attitude of, what are you doing for me? The God kind of love never changes. The God kind of love never changes, whether we're living for him or not. Did you hear what I just said? In other words, it's an everlasting love. It's an unconditional love, as we'll see here in just a moment. And what amazes me is we didn't do anything to earn it. He chooses to love us. He chooses to believe in us. Now get this. His love is a constant force directed toward us. And it is unwavering and independent of anything we could ever do, whether good or bad. In other words, we can't earn it because of our good deeds. And we can't lose it because of our bad deeds. Did you hear that? Friends, there's nothing we can do that will cause him to stop loving us. I know sometimes when you've messed up for the thousandth time in the very same area that you feel so unlovable. And you don't understand how God could have chosen you, picked you with all your mistakes And all your failures. And God is saying to you right now. I love you. I don't care if you've fallen down a thousand and one or more times. My love for you does not change. My love for you is an everlasting love. My love for you isn't based upon your good things or your bad things. I just love you. I choose to love you. Thank God for his love. Friends, we need to get a picture. Now get this. A picture of a loving father that takes great joy when we take the time and come into his presence. Not necessarily to ask him for something, but just to spend quality time with him. See, I get the picture in my mind when I come into his presence just to love on him. That his, li- his eyes light up and begin to sparkle. And he just opens up his big arms. And he just scoops me up. And brings me into his, his chest. Puts me on his lap. And he begins to love on me. Glory to God. That's my loving father. And he loves every one of you in this room. Just as much as he loves me. Or anyone else walking this planet today. That's so powerful. Thank God for my heavenly daddy and the love that he loves us with. So for the rest of this morning, I want to begin to give you some examples of this great love with which he loves us. 
Because this love is the love Jesus operated in when he walked the earth. Are you hearing me? This love is the love we're supposed to operate in as we walk this earth. So how can we know that God loves you and God loves me? Number one, how many of you carry around a picture of a loved one? Maybe a a, a picture of a friend or a spouse or a child. Maybe in your wallet. Maybe in your purse. Maybe on the iPhone. I mean, probably everybody in here, if you have an iPhone, you got pictures on it of people that you love. Well, God goes one up on that. Look at what the Bible says in Isaiah 49. Behold, I have indelibly imprinted, tattooed a picture of you on the palm of each of my hands. Selah. Stop and think about it. How many of you love someone so much that you tattooed a picture of that person on the palm of your hands? Well, according to what I just read here in Isaiah 49, God does. He loves you and me so much that he's tattooed a picture of you and me on the palm of his hands. I can see it now. God's sitting there on the throne. And all of a sudden he says, hey, Gabriel. Hey, Michael. Hey, all you other angels. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I want to show you something. And he holds up his hands. And there's a picture of you. And there's a picture of me right there. And he's showing them, showing them. Ow. If I'm on his point, never mind. God wants us to know how much he loves us. He put us on the palm of his hands so that we can. He's always looking at us. He's always looking at us. Glory to God. I think that is so awesome. Praise God Almighty. Why does he do this? Because he loves me. Hallelujah. Number two, I can remember when I first fell in love with my wife. Back when we were in Bible school, second year, we had gone to uh, the Christmas banquet together. And we had come back and we had sat down in the uh, park in uh, my Pastor Jim and Donna's driveway. And we began to talk with one another. And as the story goes, as many of you, you've probably heard this before, I was going to hook her up with my brother. But as I began to talk with her, in my mind, I began to say to myself, sorry, brother. What happened is, is I began to fall in love with her. And, And I'm telling you, listen, she ended up coming up here to Montana for the break, Christmas break. I ended up going down to Texas. But I want you to know That woman was constantly on my mind. I woke up thinking about Joan Elizabeth. I went to bed thinking about Joan Elizabeth. We would call each other every other day. She would call me or I would call her. I'm not a phone person. I don't like to talk on the phone. You've heard me say that before. But my goodness gracious, when she called me, I got excited. I was thinking constantly of that woman. But as much as I thought about this woman, it doesn't even begin to compare with the amount of thoughts God thinks toward each one of us. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 139, beginning in verse 17. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number 
than the sand. Now, how many of you have ever been to a beach before? Picked up a couple handfuls of sand. Do you think you could even count the amount of grains of sand in just those couple of handfuls? And yet the Bible says that God's thoughts towards us are more in number than all the sand found throughout the earth. That means he's constantly thinking about you. Glory to God. He's constantly thinking about you. And you and you. He's constantly thinking about you. You are always on his mind. I mean, Willie Nelson might have thought that song was a song he got about a woman. But that song was God singing to us. You were always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Glory to God. And what kind of thoughts do you think they are? Do you think he's sitting up there plotting with the angels on? So, hey, I wonder how we can get back at them. They put my son Jesus on the cross. Is he thinking evil thoughts toward us? Is he thinking about ways of getting back at us? Is he thinking about how I can bring, bring death and destruction into their lives? Is that the kind of thoughts you think God is thinking toward us? No, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. In other words, he's probably thinking thoughts like, how can I demonstrate my love to Daniel today? How can I pour my blessings out upon him and him rise up and recognize how much I love him? Oh, glory to God. How can I shower my goodness into his life? Glory to Jesus. I tell you what, those are the kind of thoughts he's having towards us. And it's not just an occasional thought every now and then. These are thoughts greater than all the sand found throughout the earth. And again, I know for a lot of people, you can't wrap your little brain around that. How is God constantly thinking about me? What about Ron? What about Debbie? What about Riley? What about Joan? He's also thinking about each one of them as well as each one of you just as much. Glory to God. That blesses me to no end. And it comes back to me getting the revelation. When I fell in love with her and was always thinking about her, it was because I was in love with her. That's why God's always thinking about me. He loves me. God loves me. Everybody say, God loves me. Now, I don't, glory to God, I, 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 I'm trying. This is such a huge revelation. This changed my life radically. This has totally set me free. When I go through challenges, as we all know, just to have that understanding that he loves me. God loves me. There's no way I'm going to fail. There's no way I'm not going to make it. God loves me. And he loves each one of you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Number three. How many know the song, Jesus loves me, this I know? Four, the Bible tells me so. How do we know God loves us? Because his word is full of scriptures expressing his love for us. 
Jeremiah 31, 3. Absolutely love this scripture. The Lord has appeared of old to me saying, Yes, Daniel, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. He loves us with an everlasting love. Again, I know from whence I speak, when you don't feel, you, you just sit back and you say, God, I don't know how you could love me. I don't understand how you could love me right now. I don't feel very love, lovely right now. I don't feel very lovable right now. But because your word tells me this, that you love me with an everlasting love, I'm going to take you at your word and know that your love for me is not based upon my goodness or my badness or anything else. You choose to love me this way. And it says there in Jeremiah 31, 3, this love that you've loved me with is everlasting. Everybody say, God loves me with an everlasting love. Glory to God. Well, let me ask you a question. How many believe our Heavenly Father loves Jesus? Let me see a show of hands. How many believe that Jesus, that God the Father loves Jesus Christ? Does anybody in here doubt for a moment God's love for His Son, Jesus? Anybody in here doubt God's love for His Son, Jesus? I want you thus to go to John 17, verse 23. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified. And this is Jesus speaking here. He makes this statement. I and them, and you and me, in order that they may become one and perfectly united, that the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me, and that you have loved them even as you have loved me. Oh, glory to God. The Passion Translation says it this way. And the world will be convinced that you have sent me. For they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Oh, that blesses me. God loves me with the same passionate love that he loves Jesus with. And he loves each one of you with that same passionate love as well. Does that not rock your world? Does that not make you feel something on the inside? Does that not make you want to throw your shoulders back and say, glory to God. He loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. There's nothing I will ever do that it will stop him from loving me. Glory to God. God loves me. God loves me. Everybody say, God loves me. Thank you, Jesus. 1 John 3, 1. It says this. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. How much does God love us? How much does God love you? How much does God love me? So much so that He has gone to such great lengths to bring us into his family. And now 
We are his very own children. Everybody say, I'm a child of God. Let me change that. Everybody say, I'm a love child of a love God. Stop and think about that one. God loves us so much that he said, I don't just want them to know I love them. I want to prove it to them. I want them to be a part of my family. I look at Joan Elizabeth Greenewald down through the years, and I look down, and she's going to be one of my daughters. I look down through the years, and I see Riley, and she's going to be one of my daughters. I look down through the years, and I see Kelby, and Kelby's going to be one of my sons. Glory to God! How much, I don't think we've, I do not believe that we, the church, overall, have really, truly gotten that revelation. Children of God. And why? Because he loves me. Because he loves me. Romans 8, verse 38. I just want you to know before I read this, I have 14 pages of notes. 14 pages of notes. I normally get through about three or four. Today I'm actually on page five. Going pretty good, all right. But I know I'm not going to get to it all. The reason I'm even bringing that up right now is because we have a lot of ground to cover where this is concerned. I am trusting that this is going to begin to get inside of your hearts. Because again, every one of us do stupid stuff. Every one of us make mistakes in life. Every one of us have failed. Hello? How many know that's true? When you fall down, you've got to always remind yourself, God loves me. God loves me. He still picked me out and chose me to be a part of him, knowing I would make that mistake. He picked me out knowing I would fall for the thousandth time. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen to what Romans 8 says. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Stop and think about that scripture. Are you getting the revelation of what's written there? That means there's absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing you could ever do that can separate you from the love God has for you. Did you hear that? There's nothing you've done or ever will do that can separate you from the love God has for you. God loves you. God believes in you. God chose you. He has such an incredible plan for your life. And you need to recognize and understand that. 
It doesn't matter what has happened in your past. The only thing that matters is what is your future. And your future is bright in Him. As you come to know and understand how much He loves you. How much He believes in you. And the fact that He picked you to be a part of His family. To be His very own child. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you, Alex. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God loves us. God loves us absolutely nothing, 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 nothing can separate us from His love. His love for us is everlasting. His love for us never changes. His love, He, he loves us just as much as He loves Jesus. And absolutely nothing can separate us from His love. How do we know that God loves us? The Bible tells us so. That little song might be a children's song, but that is a song that is very powerful and so true. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Glory to God. So we're going to stop right here, but I want you to realize and understand once again, in conclusion, this, the, 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 I just want to remind you, he has tattooed a picture of you on each of his hands. He is constantly, you are constantly on his mind. He is, his thoughts are, his thoughts directed towards you. Good thoughts for your betterment are more than all the same. It cannot be numbered, my, my friends. And based upon the fact of what the Bible says, all those scriptures we just read right there. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. Everybody say, God loves me. God loves me. Everybody say, God loves me. Hallelujah. Oh, what a good, good God we serve. Amen. Bow your heads, please, and let's pray. Father, I'm asking you to let this become something that becomes so much more real to us.